0: Welcome back to Cancer Perspective. Thank you for joining us. We're getting a little head start on September Cancer Awareness Month. Today's topic is childhood cancers. We have discussed on this program that cancer is often considered a product of aging. Cells mutate. Our body tends to correct the mutation a mutated cell can evade the correction system and begin to grow out of control. The theory is that our immune system that is responsible for a lot of the correction or our cell replication system or our organs, that all are related in one ecosystem that is our body. And if anything becomes off balance or out of control, then cancer can develop. As we age, our systems can become less efficient or less functional at times. So how does that correlate with cancer in a child? Childhood cancer is also called pediatric cancer. Their team is headed by pediatric oncologists. In my career, I personally have only treated adult cancers. I have had experience with a couple 16-year-olds and a few 18-year-olds. Each of those patients, pediatric oncology was consulted and treatment was directed by their recommendations. Children under 14 are not considered small adults and treatments given to adults cannot easily be translated how organs function and are growing in order to filter through treatment is all very unique. Although childhood cancers are not always treated like adult cancers, treatments will still include systemic treatment like chemotherapy and immunotherapy, radiation and surgery. Something more unique to childhood cancers is that any new treatment needs to be studied in clinical trials. The vast majority of children who require treatment are treated on clinical trials because of the new learning that comes from them. I find that interesting in that caregivers and family members of children with a diagnosis that is as terrifying as cancer can be will say yes to a clinical trial, give me the latest and the greatest, where adults will say, wait a minute, feels like the term guinea pig. I'm concerned about going on a clinical trial. But that viewpoint is a complete flip-flop when you're dealing with children that you want to get the latest available therapy that would potentially have the least amount of lasting damage. The National Cancer Institute, or NCI's Cancer Stat Facts, state that cancer death rates in children from birth to 14 have declined by 70% from 1970 through 2020. The most common types of cancer diagnosed in children from birth to 14 are blood cancers, the leukemias and lymphomas, and also brain and other central nervous system tumors. Children with cancer need to go to a specialist that specializes in pediatric oncology. That often means a pediatric cancer center as well. When we're talking about childhood cancers being from birth to 14 and adult cancers are usually considered 18 and older, there's that middle group, the 14 through 18 group that are adolescents. Cancers in this age group can be a little different as well. Usually treated by pediatric specialists, the pediatric oncology team will have to decide Are they gonna have more adult-like treatments or more childhood-like treatments based on their disease and their state of health and body composition? For children who undergo treatment, long-term side effects are extremely important to consider throughout the whole treatment and then watching survivorship or recovery. Like adult cancers, treatment becomes a priority. Just getting to treatment, getting my child through this horrible diagnosis and hopefully surviving is what is most important. But with the advancement in treatment options and the advancement in survival rates, it is important to watch for long-term effects their entire life. We've talked about radiation to the chest can be a risk factor for an adult cancer. Treatment to the brain and nerves, can that delay growth? Can it change cognitive ability or cause some learning disabilities? It's important to learn from the cancer team how to follow health and wellness for this child throughout life. In adults, we talk about risk factors such as smoking or weight or overall poor lifestyle behaviors can increase your risk for cancer. For children, lifestyle and environmental factors are not very common. Could it be a gene that the child inherited at birth? We've talked a little bit about genetics in a previous episode Most childhood cancers are not caused by inherited DNA changes. Most of the changes or the mutations come from something that changed during development. One theory is that during neonatal development, there could be some sort of miscommunication with the DNA that causes a mutation Not that they inherited it, but they acquired this mutation, and the replication process potentially could have encouraged this mutation to continue to grow. That also means that if a person had childhood cancer and survived and later on have children of their own, it is likely that they will not pass that mutation on to their children. Because lifestyle and environmental factors are usually not the cause of a cancer development within a child, that also means this cancer that developed likely could not have been prevented. There was no blame to be put on any one thing. There is no way to have had a different outcome similar to a defect of birth. Unless there is a known genetic mutation within a family, children are not normally screened for cancer. So signs and symptoms would be what alerts a parent or caregiver to take their child to a provider in order to find out, well, what is this, and eventually discover cancer. Again, when you take a child to the doctor for a lump, The first thought is not necessarily going to be cancer. Same thing with unexplained lethargy or tiredness or loss of energy. A normally robust child that has a ton of energy then all of a sudden doesn't become themselves. A caregiver will recognize that, but how to discuss that with a provider that sees a child that otherwise looks, ah, they're okay. This is the time of year for RSV, so try this remedy for now and see if things get better. Just like I encourage you to be your own best advocate, I also believe in families knowing their own children's health status and what is normal for them. It is not normal to have frequent headaches. It is not normal to vomit because of your headaches. It is not normal to have a limp or a pain in an unusual spot that's not getting better, an unusual lump or swelling that doesn't go away, or easy bruising or bleeding, one infection after the other. Everything needs to be investigated. And again, most often it's not going to be cancer, but if it is cancer, Getting to the right team quickly will help then move on the tests that a child needs specific for them. They'll need biopsies and imaging, and they'll need help with coping. Their adults in their lives will also need extra support, how to manage something that you don't have any control over and you can't always read signs the way the child is trying to tell you what is going on. It can be frustrating. Again, being aware and arming yourself with education is one of the best things you can do for yourself. Getting the education, knowing where to go, and arming yourself with A team that will support you, the team that includes your specialists in the pediatric cancer, a team that includes support people to help you through it, a team that includes your neighbors or friends or others that you will rely on during this time. Childhood cancers opens up a whole different realm of information, and people that are dealing with a childhood cancer need very specific help. My limitations and knowledge are for adult cancers. There are specific childhood experts, such as a child life specialist, a master's prepared person who has gone through how to help a child during trauma. That child life specialist can also help families cope with the trauma, especially if there are other children within that family. Gold is the ribbon for childhood cancer. Show your support and awareness by wearing gold in September. Thank you for joining us. Take care and spread kindness.